Chapters thirty nine and forty of the third volume by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Thirty nine. The Garnet Scarf Pin. That same evening, Claude called to see his father. He decided to go alone, but asked Tate to repair to Rose Cottage within the hour so that, the meeting with his newly found parent having taken place, a consultation could be held by the three regarding the proceeding with or withdrawing of the case tate especially stipulated that this arrangement should be come to as he was desirous of seeing mr larcher senior in order to disabuse his mind of the straightforwardness of hilliston privately tate believed that the lawyer would yet be found guilty of the crime on no other grounds could he explain the attitude taken up by hilliston since the papers had been placed in claude's hands the evidence of miss pike and dick pendle failed to alter his idea on this point tate himself was beginning to feel weary of the investigation at every turn it took he was baffled by some fresh obstacle and he was not ill-pleased to find that the matter was at an end so far as claude was concerned that young man had sworn to avenge the death of his father but now that his father proved to be still in existence the oath was null and void so that claude married to jenny he would be quite willing to leave the solution of the mystery surrounding the death of jerringham to tate but tate himself determined to have nothing further to do with so wearisome a problem he waited considerably beyond the hour before leaving for the cottage as he rightly considered the father and son would have much to say to one another moreover it was necessary to give larger time to overcome his emotion on learning that his wife was still in existence tate was by no means sure that the old gentleman would be pleased with this revelation according to his own showing his relations with his wife had been none of the best and to renew those relations after twenty-five years could hardly fail to be most unpleasant during this time tate gave no thought to jenny or dennis as to the former he was so satisfied that she was the daughter of jerringham by mona bantry that he did not think it worth while to give the matter the benefit of the doubt what he was curious to know was how Payton, or rather captain larcher came to stand in the position of an adopted father information on this point was conveyed to him before he reached the cottage by dennis himself the old servant walked briskly along the road looking quite rejuvenated he had heard the good news and it had transformed his life in place of a crabbed expression his face appeared wonderfully cheerful and he saluted tate with a grin of pleasure the other could not forbear commenting on his changed appearance so clearly apparent even in the waning light of evening why carrie you look ten years younger he said stopping short in his amazement with an afterthought of dick pendle's accusation ah and i do that same sir said dennis saluting in military fashion and you know why sir are they reconciled asked tate guessing what was in the mind of the old servant begad they are chattering together like two lovebirds and my old master looking on with pride why carrie i spoke of captain larcher ah did you now sir i spoke of master claude god bless him and miss jenny god bless her god bless them both cried carrie taking off his hat with a burst of affection and his honour along with them oh glory be to the saints for this blessed day but sure i am forgetting my service sir the master is waiting to see you this very minute i was just on my way said tate signing to carrie to go on we will walk there together by the way does miss jenny know she is not the daughter of your master she knew it all along sir ah 
and why should you look surprised at that mr tate is it because she is the niece of an old soldier like me no no carrie but as you are aware miss jenny knows the case from those newspapers she found and in that report jerringham i see what you mean sir said carrie touching his hat in a deprecating manner but sure she doesn't know all she believes herself to be the child of my sister mona who is dead rest her soul and of a mr kennedy we've invented a father for her sir twould never do for her to know she was the daughter of the poor man who was killed it's just as well carrie do you know who killed him tate asked this question with a keen glance at the man no sir how should i know i ran out with the light when the captain called but i don't know who struck him the cruel blow he was a bad man sir deceiving my sister and disgracing the bantry family but he is dead and she is dead so we'll let them rest and the heavens be their bed by this time they were at the garden door and striking his hand over these sad memories carrie led the visitor into the house and showed him into the book-room here were assembled claude his father and jenny all looking supremely happy though the old gentleman appeared to be rather shaken he rose when tate entered and held out his hand i am glad to see you mr tate said he in an unsteady voice and i thank you for the way in which you have aided my son i feel that an apology is due to you for my behaviour on your last visit don't mention it replied tate cordially shaking the extended hand under the circumstances you could not act otherwise well miss Paynton, am i to don't call me miss Paynton now mr tate she said smiling there can be no need for further concealment i can take my own name that of miss kennedy said tate quickly do not look so surprised carrie told me all about it as i came along i am at once astonished and delighted i don't wonder at it said captain larcher patting claude's hand you see i have found a son and soon sir you will lose a daughter observed tate significantly oh no observed claude with a laugh when i marry jenny we will all live together as a happy family marriage has it come to that you are astonished i see mr tate said the old gentleman shaking his head i am myself it is too soon too sudden they have only known each other a few weeks and it is impossible that a union on so short an acquaintance can prove happy we will have a long engagement said claude in order to prove if we truly love one another but i am not afraid of the result neither am i remarked jenny slipping her arm within that of her lover i am sure nothing will come between us but come claude and we will see my uncle for i notice that mr tate is anxious to speak to your father about that horrid case captain larcher nodded his approval of this so claude and jenny left the room to see carrie and be wept over by the old servant left alone with his host tate took a chair by the table and they looked at one another in silence the captain was the first to break it there is no need for me to recapitulate the events of the day he said with a weary sigh as claude told me you read my letter and are in possession of all the facts you may believe mr tate that i feel considerably shaken my interview with claude has been rather trying he has behaved in the most affectionate manner well now your troubles are all at an end captain larcher and 
at an end sir he interrupted sharply no they will continue my innocence is not yet proved and i must still remain here under a feigned name unless you agree to help me certainly i agree is it your intention and claude's to go on with the case we have come to that decision but i wanted to consult you before finally making up my mind do you think we ought to proceed i certainly do said tate promptly it is true that the police think that you are the victim but if you want to assume your own name inquiries would certainly be made one is never safe in these criminal matters even after the lapse of years if you did declare yourself to be captain larcher then it would come out that jerringham is dead and you would have to clear yourself besides the evidence of dicky pentel would implicate you seeing that he mistook you in that fancy dress for jerringham true enough replied larcher nodding and there is another reason i have just learned that my wife is still alive and is protected by hilliston at hampstead i sent claude out of the room so that i could ask you a plain question give me a plain answer and tell me what are the relations between them i don't care to answer that plainly said tate with some hesitation but i think you can guess does hilliston love my wife on the authority of miss belinda pike whom i saw at horiston i believe he does and for her sake he had deceived me all these years it seems so in fact captain larcher hilliston has been playing a double game he kept you and your wife apart by assuring each that the other was dead that conduct alone stamps him as a villain then again he threw all kinds of obstacles in the way while we were investigating this case what for my own opinion is that hilliston committed the murder captain larcher clenched his hand and thought for a few moments it might be so he muttered more to himself than to tate hilliston was in the garden if he loved my wife a fact which i never suspected he might have killed jerringham out of jealousy but the dagger how did he obtain that no doubt at the ball i assure you mr tate that my wife had not the dagger when in the sitting-room she declares that she threatened you with it then she either forgets or speaks falsely she wore it at the ball when i spoke to her there but when she returned it was missing hilliston came with me knowing jerringham was with my wife he might have picked up the dagger with the fullest intention of committing the crime now that i know he loved my wife i am not prepared to say how he acted in the garden while i was in the house and the garnet scarf-pin mentioned in the novel that belonged to hilliston said larcher quickly i gave it to him myself dennis picked it up in the garden but i thought nothing of that as i was aware hilliston was in the grounds on that night but now i believe oh i am afraid to say what i believe i may be wrong there is one way of finding out the truth captain larcher come up to town this week and see your wife then we may learn all the old gentleman leaned his head on his hand in deep thought for a few minutes i will come he said at length at whatever cost i will force the guilty woman to own the truth forty face to face
the conversation between tate and captain larcher was not finished that evening as the old gentleman worn out by the excitement of the day early retired to bed however he declared that he would be shortly ready to journey to london and claude left the cottage with tate on the understanding that his father was to be called for next day before they parted for the night claude made a remark about hilliston i hope he won't get wind of this he said dubiously or he may get mrs bezel i can't call her mother out of the way have no fear replied tate calmly hilliston's hands are too full at present what do you mean why said tate lighting his candle your father showed me a letter from hilliston apologizing for not coming over as his wife was lying dangerously ill at the connaught hotel at eastbourne he said something of that in his note to me what is the matter with mrs hilliston she has the smallpox the smallpox echoed claude in a tone of horror poor creature she is a dead woman i don't know so much about that she may recover she may recover from the disease said the young man gloomily but not from the blow to her vanity many a time has she told me that if she lost her look she would kill herself you mark my words tate within the week we will hear of her death and with these prophetic words claude retired to his room tate had no time to think of this conversation being occupied with anticipation regarding the meeting of captain larcher and his wife but it so happened that claude's prognostications occurred to him when the truth of the horriston tragedy was discovered and that was not long afterward perhaps like the young men fate herself grew weary of an affair which had dragged on for twenty-five years at all events she brought matters to a conclusion with almost inconceivable rapidity the first step toward the end was the meeting of husband and wife which took place at clarence cottage hampstead during the afternoon of the next day in company with his son and tate the old gentleman drove to the railway station some three miles distant and took the up express when established comfortably in a first-class smoking carriage for captain larcher was fond of a pipe he resumed the conversation with tate which had been broken off on the previous night this time the subject was hilliston and his doings i have been thinking over your suspicions regarding hilliston he said addressing himself more directly to tate and i confess that it is difficult to reconcile some of his actions with your view that he is guilty claude as you know was ignorant of the horriston tragedy until enlightened by hilliston i know that my dear sir said tate quietly hilliston certainly placed the papers containing the account of the matter in claude's hands but he was forced to do so by the action of mrs bezel i beg pardon mrs larcher continue to call her mrs bezel if you please i prefer it so how did she force hilliston to confide in claude because she read the book a whim of fate and seeing the tragedy therein described she wrote asking claude to see her with the intention of telling him all as you may guess her story differs materially from that of hilliston's so of two evils choosing the least he determined to forestall her and inform claude of the matter and he did so by means of the press claude said eagerly in place of telling me the story himself he allowed me to gather what information i could from the scanty report of the canterbury observer my dear father the genesis of the whole matter springs from the finding of those papers by jenny had she not read them and told linton the story he should not have written the book had he not done so mrs bezel would not have determined to tell me her version 
and but for her threat to do so hilliston would not have produced the papers humph the action was compulsory on the part of hilliston i think so sir said tate complacently therefore it is quite in keeping with his usual character the rat did not fight till it was driven into a corner it is not in the corner remarked captain larcher significantly but we'll drive it there and see if it will face our accusation but what about hilliston's introduction of claude to me would it not have been to his interest to keep us apart oh said tate with some contempt for hilliston's diplomacy that was another case of necessity he knew that claude and i were bent on discovering the truth so fearing that we should do so by further investigation he thought to stop the whole matter by bringing you face to face with your son i don't see how that would accomplish his aim hilliston hoped it would do so in two ways explained tate glibly first he hoped that you would give your consent to claude marrying jenny and so lead his mind away from the case and second he trusted that when claude found you alive he would no longer desire to pursue the investigation he was right so far said claude seriously if that was hilliston's calculation he made one great mistake said captain larcher scornfully he did not think that i would wish to see my wife he must have been satisfied that claude would tell you she was alive that of course but he thought i would stay at thorston as ferdinand peyton and be afraid to admit my identity even to my wife i might have done so but for claude but i owe it to him to clear myself and this meeting with my wife will be the first step toward doing so between us we must solve the mystery it is done so far as i am concerned said tate grimly i am sure as i am sitting here that hilliston murdered jerringham the gardener was just too late to see him do the deed but his motive asked claude curiously his father and tate stole a glance at one another they neither of them wished to make any remarks about mrs larcher and hilliston's passion preferring that claude should be ignorant of that episode still when he asked so direct a question it was difficult to avoid a direct answer but larcher gave him one which was sufficiently evasive to stop further inquiries we must try and find out his motive he said quietly depend upon it claude there is a good deal of underhand work in this of which we know nothing do you think mona committed the crime no i do not in no way could she have gained possession of the dagger with which it was committed my mother says she had a dagger in the sitting-room that is a mistake said captain larcher using as delicate a word as he could think of she threatened me with the sheath of the dagger and no doubt being agitated at the time she thought it was the weapon itself but i noticed when she entered the room that the sheath was empty her story to the police at the time of the trial is more likely she lost it in the ballroom the question is who picked it up judging from the knowledge i now have of his character i believe it was hilliston who did so or jerringham said tate suddenly impossible how could jerringham have found it he was with mrs larcher all the evening and may have seen the dagger fall or again he may have taken it out of the sheath to examine it and have forgotten to return it 
it is not improbable that in such a case he might have recollected it when he was in the garden and offered it to mona to return to her mistress oh said claude with contempt and on that slight ground you suppose that mona killed him it is not beyond the bounds of probability nonsense said captain larcher angrily i don't believe it mona was a good girl foully deceived by jerringham she fled from the house to hide her disgrace thinking my wife would tell her brother hilliston afterward met her in london where she died in giving birth to jenny then it was hilliston who brought jenny to you yes because her uncle dennis was in my service i adopted jenny but told her that she was the child of a mr kennedy and mona bantry she believed her father and mother were married so do not disturb that view of the case certainly not said tate emphatically it would be cruel to do so but here we are at victoria after seeing mrs bezel at hampstead we can resume our conversation if we do it will be from a different standpoint i fancy said larcher significantly as the train stopped tate's brougham was waiting for them at the station and in this they drove up to hampstead leaving it in fitzjohn's avenue they walked down hunt lane to clarence cottage mrs bezel occupied her usual seat in the window and caught sight of claude as he preceded his father and tate up the path a terrified expression crossed her face but she made no motion to forbid their entrance yet a sense of coming evil struck at her heart and it needed all her self-control to prevent herself from fainting when they were shown into the room my dear mother said claude kissing her you must be prepared for unexpected news i beg of you to control yourself for he stopped short in astonishment mrs bezel was looking at captain larcher with a bewildered air and he gazed at her face with an expression of amazement she shrank back as he crossed the room with rapidity and bent over her mona bantry he cried is it possible that you still live End of chapters 39 and 40